Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. 720 WGN. This is the Lisa Dent Show. That little dose of sunshine really feels good. Um, have you been outside yet today, doctor, or are you stuck inside the hospital? I'm pretty much stuck inside. Uh, but <laughs> have noticed the weather change for sure. <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey Law is uh, medical director of Lurie Children's at Central DuPage Hospital and a neonatologist. So what is the difference? Because I think people, it, it, whether it's their kid or their grandkid or themselves, there seems to be an overlap in symptoms. Is it COVID? Is it RSV? Or is it the flu? And let's face it, the flu is probably the biggest issue today, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, they're all viruses, so they all present in many uh, similar fashions, um, and they, and especially in children, can have very similar findings. Um, so fever, very common in all of them. Um, uh, uh, what we call cough and chryza or runny noses um, and a lot of mucus production, loss of appetite uh, are all very common to all of them. Uh, so it can be a little bit difficult uh, to determine which is which. Um, and certainly right now we are seeing a transition. I think everybody's heard over the news that RSV has been very much an epidemic in the United States, and certainly that's true here in the Chicago area. Um, but we're starting to see a decline in the RSV cases and a, a definite increase in the influenza cases. So um, the predominant one right now is influenza, um, and RSV is still very prominent, but uh, influenza is now nosed ahead in terms of the number of cases that we're seeing. So when you have those symptoms, you know, the fever and, and what we identify with any of those viruses, but you've got that throat that feels like you swallowed glass, what would that lead you to? Well, those could be either COVID or um, influenza. So they can be very difficult. Uh, COVID and influenza have very similar um, symptomatology. So headache, fever, muscle aches, tiredness, sore throat, um, both of them um, are very, very similar in those regards. So it can be very difficult to tell. Um, and uh, um, so really, uh, for the most part, even for professionals like uh, the physicians that, uh, in primary care and in the emergency department typically have to do testing in order to uh, separate the two. And you do have a test for RSV as well? Yes. Um, and in fact, if you show up in the emergency department or an urgent care center, they're likely to get to do a panel of testing that tests for everything, and including some other very common viruses like enterovirus and rhinovirus, which cause the, the kind of the common cold that has also been very prevalent, especially in August and September. That was the predominant virus. Um, but uh, so we're seeing all of them right now. There's six or seven very common viruses out there. Um, and uh, we've got a population of kids um, that haven't really seen much in the way of viral illnesses over the past two years. So they are getting exposed to them in mass. And so you may end up with uh, influenza followed by vir- um, RSV, followed by enterovirus. Um, and uh, you could be sick for you know, six, eight weeks in a row, all with uh, sequential viruses. And of course, if you're the grandparent or the parent taking care of that child, you're, the chance of you getting it pretty high, right? Yeah, the transmission rate's pretty high, especially within households. So uh, for in, uh, household uh, uh, transmission rates in the household for flu is about 10 to 40 percent. So it's really pretty high. Um, COVID's not quite as high, uh, especially uh, from children to adults, probably around 18 to 20 percent. And we also think that RSV is quite high. RSV is one that I think that um, we really should be paying more attention to. Um, we're very familiar to, with influenza, but a lot of people are not 
uh, uh, very familiar with the respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. It's a very common virus. It occurs about this time of the year every year and continues on until about March. Uh, and it is a, an especially significant virus for kids, especially less than two years of age. And its, a, um, it's a, attack rate is equally high, if not higher, than um, COVID and influenza. And the mortality rate is probably three or four times. So it's... Oh. Uh, it's a significant, uh, um, you know, killer of babies, especially, um, and one in which we don't um, we don't recognize oftentimes um, until the, the kids are pretty sick. Um, and one of the main significant aspects about RSV is that, especially for small babies, infants less than a year of age, um, and especially less than six months of age, one of the presenting findings is that the infants stop breathing, or a condition we call apnea. Um, and uh, that can be um, before they develop any symptoms like a cough or wheezing or runny nose um, or temperature changes, uh, it, they can end up with apnea. So that's a, a really a significant virus. My gosh. This is Dr. Jeffrey Law Lawhead. He's the medical director of Lurie Children's at Central DuPage Hospital. I remember like 20 years ago, a co-worker's little, little child, she might have been one, got RSV and we were like, oh, and in we were told once you have it you always have it or you're, you I mean, there was just there wasn't a lot known about it but what's frightening is when you say that children haven't presented with all those terrible symptoms that they could get apnea and stop breathing and die and you use the word killer of babies that that's frightening so what do you do uh, when do you bring your kid to the hospital your grandchild well, the first uh, thing is to prevent uh, infection as much as you can. So RSV, the good news about RSV is it's not airborne. It's uh, You get it by contact. So, kissing. Um, kissing that baby, is, right? And hugging. Kiss, and yeah, yeah, kissing the baby with, you know, you've got a cold and you, you know, kiss the baby on the face, which is always a bad idea. Um, so um, if you've got any kind of symptoms at all, and typically the, the, what, the it's an adult that brings it to the, um, or another, you know, sibling right. that brings it to the, to the baby. So keeping the, the two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, especially the ones at daycare, away from kissing the baby is really an important first step. Um, good hand washing is also incredibly important because the virus can live on your hands for a period of time. And so that you can, you know, bring it to your baby by contact um, um, through your hands. So those are the two most important aspects um, is really prevention. We don't really have good tr- treatment. and There's not a, an effective vaccine, for instance, for SV, um, like there is for um, influenza, for instance. Um, so um, we really, the, um, the, the best way to prevent, uh, to treat the illness is to prevent it from happening to begin with. All right. Thank you so much. What a wealth of information. We appreciate your call into the Lisa Dent Show. My pleasure. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Hey, happy holidays to you and your family from me, Anna DeVlantis. Hey, this is John Williams on behalf of me and my entire crew. Happy holidays. It's me, Bob Surratt. Glad tidings from all of us on the morning crew. W-G-A.